how many florins, which is, I guess, the Dutch currency at the time, do you think a ton of butter cost back then? Hello, and welcome to Today I Learned by Magoosh. Magoosh is a test prep company, and our content experts spend every day researching and writing new questions and passages about really any topic under the sun. Uh, Today I Learned is a podcast not about test prep, but about the fascinating things we learn while researching and writing for our products. Um, I'm Peter, and I'll be your guide through this wonderful land of random tidbits. Today I'm joined by Chris, who is going to be discussing the, the tulip mania, um, I'm also in the studio with us. We have Sam, who's our data scientist, uh, and he knows nothing about this topic. That's true. But he's <laughs> eager to learn more. Absolutely. So take it away, Chris. Yeah, so I I think I'd heard of the tulip mania at some point. It's just one of those things, but I really didn't know anything about it. And then I encountered this article, and it was interesting because had so many different viewpoints about what really happened. It was almost like this crime scene. Who did it? What is the true story here? And that's what really makes for excellent GRE or GMAT passages, kind of these different viewpoints on the same issue. But what exactly is that issue? And what do we mean by tulip mania? Well, we have to actually go back a few hundred years till the, to the 17th century, to 1626. This is the Netherlands we're dealing with now. Hmm. And what happened is this is about 15 years after the Netherlands was no longer part of Spain. Did you know that sound that they were part of Spain? The Spanish I did Netherlands. Know that, yeah. yeah, I did not know that. <laughs> that is new for me. It's like, oh, they must have spoken Spanish. But that's besides the point. The, the idea is that they were free suddenly. Mm-hmm of the Habsburg yoke. That was the empire. The Habsburg empire is ruling them. And they had this great port. And so they started sailing around the world, gathering all these riches, gathering all these spices, and they became a major mercantile power. Mm-hmm. And the merchants got kind of rich. And when people get rich, they want to they show off. You know, when you get rich, you buy a Lexus, you buy a Mercedes, Bugatti, keep going up. Like that, right? <laughs> Here, obviously, they bought pretty palatial estates. But one thing they started doing was... Well, during this time, some boats had also gone to Turkey, not just the Far East, and they picked up this new flower, mm-hmm. which is known today as the tulip. And these merchants would kind of, as filigree, kind of like, you know, around their yards and their gardens of their estates with tulips, so these beautiful things. Mm-hmm. And so it was already kind of one of those consumer items that people, especially rich people, wanted to have. Okay. And then the virus happened. And I'm not talking about the bubonic plague, though the bubonic plague was in Europe at this time. Mm-hmm. People were dying of it. But I'm talking about the tulip mosaic virus. Okay. Which sounds totally cool. And it actually is great. If you see a picture, imagine a tulip. You can see this orange tulip in your head, right? Now imagine it being streaked, those petals streaked with white at random points. But instead of just this, you know, boring orange pe- orange tulip, you have this almost like this zebra tulip of like white stripes and like you know per- petals and you can have have it with pink and all the all any to and basically any color that tulip comes in can be streaked as a result of this virus Things does that, that happen uh, immediately after they started importing these flowers or is it a gradual process when did when did the virus break out i guess so the virus actually 
you know, it something that the tulips have always had. Even when they were in Turkey, they had it, but okay. they didn't realize that it happened. And it doesn't happen to all the tulips. What it does is it kills the bulb, the actual bulb. But there are these called these offsets. These are kind of like mini bulbs hmm. when the tulip is growing, and those ones live. And that's what we see when we see these street flowers. The thing hmm. is, it takes a long time for that to happen. Bulbs can take seven to twelve years to grow. All right. Hmm. So guess what? If it's not that common for a tulip to have a virus, and it takes a really long time for it to grow, what happens to those few very beautiful flowers? Their prices just go way up, right? They go way up. So you're crazy for it. Crazy. If you're a super merchant, you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to show you just how super merchant I am, and I'm going to buy this (laughs) really expensive tulip. And so Uh what happened is it started driving prices way up. So I'll ask you, how many florins, which is, I guess, the Dutch currency at the time, do you think a ton of butter cost back then? A ton of butter? A ton of butter. Huh. It's a lot. Of um, I don't really know much about how strong Baseline, that currency right? yeah. is either. Uh, let's say 100? Very close, actually. 200. Really? Okay. Okay, now... I caught that very close. That's like half of what it <laughs> well, actually costs. Yeah. I mean, when right. you're pricing 17th century tons right. of butter, though, I feel like yeah. getting with it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Peter. Yeah. yeah. So... One of the prized streaked tulips, mm-hmm. guess how much that went for? Just one. I would guess maybe three times that, let's say 600. So at the height of the bubble, uh-huh. it went for 100,000. Oh my gosh, okay. So you can. Wait, we're talking 50,000 tons of butter. Yeah, we're talking lots of butter. <laughs> That's a lot. Right, a lot that of is. butter. Right? Yeah. Right. Which is shocking. Mm hmm. Because this is a this is what people call a bubble when something becomes so much more has so much more value. That's interesting to me work. because I would imagine that if the, the market has such a strong demand for this specific virus infected right. uh, flower, they would probably devise ways where they can sort of reproduce it in a non natural way, right? They can probably I don't know put a bunch of infected flowers together and make make sure that they you know grow. In, in such controlled environments, it's that they I'm sure the Dutch government in the 17th century would have loved to have you on staff, but something's telling me that's our, our 20th century mindsets. Huh. The idea of like cross hybridization, for, you right, know, right, all those right, things. Right. They didn't huh. understand those, genes, those yeah. rudiments there. Yeah, and, and waiting seven to 12 years is just such a long time. So they really yeah. weren't able to do much. What happened is there was a fix, therefore, a fixed supply because you didn't have more stuff entering the market. Mm-hmm. And, and, kept driving prices up. Now, the price I just quoted you guys, that 100000 that was at the height of the speculative bubble. And so one way of painting the picture is as follows. We have all of these people, everyone from chimney sweepers to milkmaids, saving up their hard-earned florence so that they can buy <laughs> tulips. And everyone's going gaga over tulips. And then all of a sudden, there's this major crash, and people are dying in the streets from hunger because they've lost all their life savings to tulips. Now that's interesting, it's actually the story, the narrative that was around or ascended until about 1980 or so, which is you know, like 300 years, mm-hmm. more than 300 years after it actually happened. And the reason for that is this guy named Charles Mackey. Mm-hmm. Charles Mackey is actually known in business circles as sort of the godfather of the idea of the irrational crowds, the irrational exuberance, paying so much for something when it's clearly not worth that much. And he was writing in the 19th century, early 19th century, so empiricism, the idea that we want to be as clear and valid as possible in the data that we're using, the back of our theory, was something that wouldn't come along for a long time. So it turns out that his work was based on pamphlets and propaganda against speculation. 
Huh. So you can imagine, like, right. you have a very negative view of Tulip Mania. So what's happened in the last, you know, 20 or 30 years, and the reason I brought this into a GRE and GMAT passage is that, wait a second, that's not what actually happened. Sure, prices did increase. Sure, there's a certain, there was a virus that made, you know, people or pushed up the demand and the price for tulips even greater, but it only really affected the merchant class, mm -hmm. not even the nobility. So it was just a, a kind of a, a segment of society, and they were actually selling futures. They weren't actually buying the bulbs, but it was like, I'm going to put down a certain amount of money. To, to buy that is very interesting. So to some extent, it is almost instruments, the development of a financial instrument. It, it, have they already yeah. been using futures a lot during this time? They had, and I think that's modern parlance. It's people, okay. the historians looking back and say, oh, they were using oh, futures. So they, they may not even objects. be using that term exactly. Exactly. That. Right. Right. And that's why it's such a staple of, of business, you know, business right, right. talk about the tulip mania. Right, right. That this happened. Interesting. And what's in also interesting about that is in the business world today, this the ascendant narrative of it affected all sectors. It was definitely a bubble that blew up and everyone went into you know Great Depression is actually something that has been countered as I'm mm -hmm. talking about here mm -hmm. by these other studies. But in the business world, it makes for such a great story that they're kind of still holding on to it. <laughs> I see. <laughs> which is, which is right. interesting. So it's so hard to place. But in, in that passage, I kind of look at these different viewpoints mm -hmm. and say really what did happen and how much of a bubble was it and how much of society was actually hurt by it and it turns out that Dutch Parliament actually stepped in there and said that you didn't even have to pay the full amount of these futures you only have to pay about 10% of this amount mm -hmm. so it kind of softened the landing and so for sure there was definitely a price uh, definitely a drop in the price of tulips but one that affected these already rich merchants but I'm I'm sure that those merchants will be happy about it right a couple of years ago I signed a future with you saying that I would receive this absorbent, you know, right. crazy amount of money, but then later on, I don't get paid that much. What happens to them? What do they have to say about it? Well, that's the thing. There really isn't that much historical text. We wish you know, like do a deeper expose on what happened in 1626, uh -huh. but it, it's kind of, kind of hard to say. But what's interesting about it, though, is, again, is those pers different perspectives. It's about here's an issue that's not as simple as we might think that there are, there are multiple views on it mm -hmm. and now let's flesh that on a GRE passage and that's kind of what I was able to do pretty well and there's no finality this is what therefore you know this study in 1996 said this it's more it's ultimately nebulous but as the author I sort of way down on that side that's the gotcha. title of the, G, the GRE and so there we go that was the blossoming and ultimate wilting of the tulip bubble to mix metaphors <laughs> it's a great story thanks yeah, for sharing definitely yeah out of curiosity, do you know what happens to the demand for tulips now? Is there still um, a lot of niche markets within um, the merchandise? Or? You know, actually, I didn't research that too much. There was, there was something I did research that throughout the 17th century, the tulip price kept slowly falling. It was okay. like something that just didn't have the, the same cachet as when it first came out, you know, in the 1620s. Mm -hmm. But as, as for the modern markets, I'd be interested to see if there's any of that bubble or that up and down, erratic up and down. Right. Probably not. It's more of a historical story that we're gotcha. talking about. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, great. <laughs> this is fun. So thanks for listening to Today I Learned by Magoosh. Uh, I want to thank our host, Chris, and our guest, Sam, for joining us. Um, Magoosh's mission is to make education more accessible, enjoyable, and effective. You can check out our affordable test prep options for the GRE, GMAT, LSAT, TOEFL, SAT, ACT, and more at magoosh.com. 
Our theme music, which you can hear right now, is by Pink Zebra. Our show is produced by Lena Brooks, uh, Chris, and me. Thanks for listening. I'm going to